We the ones. We the ones they talking about. Broadway Sports Media. Choose your fighter. Justin and Justin Titans podcast show. Some of it was bad, but hopefully you'll you probably piece something together. Outstanding. There's an earthquake in the middle of the podcast. Unbelievable. We're begging for listeners. That's all we do. We all we got. Hey, Titans on three. One, two, three. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Music City Audible podcast presented by the Pharmacy Burger Parlor and Beer Garden in partnership with Broadway Sports Media and 440 Sports. I'm Justin Graver. Joining me, as always, is Justin Mello. We are here to bounce back from a Titans loss against the Cincinnati Bengals, and now we will preview the Philadelphia Eagles, NFC leaders, number one seed right now in the NFC, one loss team, favored in this game by five points at home tough one for the titans justin how you doing doing well ready to to flush that one as we said earlier in the week move on to a big game here against the philadelphia eagles an afc nfc showdown obviously the aj brown storyline looms large to help us preview this one as promised earlier in the week we've brought on a fantastic guest who i think our listeners are going to really enjoy hearing from all right, then let's welcome in our guest. He is Fran Duffy. You can find him on Twitter at EaglesXOS. Does a ton of awesome film breakdown stuff with really cool graphics that I'm pretty jealous of, I might say. Also the host of the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast and the Journey to the Draft podcast. Fran, welcome to our show. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, guys. No, I appreciate you having me to talk about a game that I- I'm really juiced about. Uh, getting ready for it from an X and O standpoint, there is just so much to chew on here. Uh, obviously, there are a lot of like storylines with AJ Brown's return and things like that. But uh, this is two really good, really physical, tough football teams uh, with a lot going for them here this season. Absolutely. Yeah, Fran, I, I think we'd be kidding ourselves if we didn't start with AJ, right? Especially as a as a Titans-centric podcast. Um, you know, he had some interesting comments he made recently regarding how Titans fans have treated him, he feels like, since his departure uh, and, and whatnot. And he continues to tweet about it and stuff. Uh, you, you're very locked into this team, obviously. How much do you feel he's sort of relishing this opportunity for payback against the Titans? Well, I'm sure that, look, the human element always becomes involved uh, with these kinds of things. And maybe we underrate it sometimes and we overrate it others. But uh, I I would be lying if I said that I didn't think that this was going to impact A.J. Brown. I'm sure that he would love uh, to be able to have a big game here against his former team. But I do think at the end of the day, he's more uh, more. Uh, prioritizing getting a W. Uh, so I think that's going to kind of take precedent over anything else. But uh, certainly I think he would love to be able to put uh, reach the end zone here, put some points on the board uh, for his new team. Yeah, no doubt about that. Uh, flipping over to the other side of the ball, the Eagles defense, they just activated or they designated to activate Jordan Davis to come off of injured reserve, opening his 21 day practice window to be activated. Curious. What do you feel his chances are of playing as soon as Sunday? That's tough to say. Uh, I, I don't know exactly where he's at from a health standpoint. We've, we've seen at times where the Eagles have activated a player from this window and uh, they have played right away. We've seen other times where they've stretched it and it's gone right up to the limit uh, with Jordan. Uh, you know, it, it depends on which media personality you follow and whether or not uh, they think that he's got that ability to make it back. I do think that, look, the Eagles got, have gotten good contributions so far from Linval Joseph and Ndamukong Sue. Um, but I think for Davis's position, you're talking more about Linval Joseph and when 
when they go into those five-man fronts, which I would imagine against Tennessee, they will be playing very often because the Tennessee Titans love to play with these multiple tight end sets, and the Eagles have matched to those multiple tight end sets often with that base personnel package, with a five defensive line look, with a, a nose tackle head up over the center, often Jordan Davis or now Linval Joseph. So uh, my guess is, is that if Jordan Davis does play, we will see him early and often against this uh, Tennessee Titans offense. Yeah, speaking of, of Davis, Fran, and his absence, they've sort of struggled to stop the run, right, without Jordan Davis in the lineup. I feel like it's a bit of an underrated storyline. Like prior to the win over Green Bay, they had three opponents run for 464 yards on them. And some of those teams um, haven't been very good at running the football this year or, or, or feature offensive lines that have really struggled. The Pittsburgh Steelers, for example, had success against them. The Washington Commanders, even the Houston Texans had a lot of success running the ball um, on the Eagles in prime time. How much of that did you feel has been related to Jordan Davis's absence? You know, I think that each of those games, it was a little bit different. I think with Pittsburgh, a lot of that was kind of garbage time uh, rushing yardage. It was kind of weird. Like, all right, it's it's uh, second and long, a three-score game, and they're going to call a draw that goes for 12 yards. It was those kind of plays with Pittsburgh. Then you go to Houston. Uh, when you look at uh, what Damian Pierce, the rookie running back, was able to do, yes, he, he earned some really tough yards in that game, and there were some missed tackles from the Eagles' defense. He also had a 36-yard run that, uh, while that still counts, that kind of offset uh, the total amount of yards. I think overall the Eagles defense played pretty well uh, in that game on the road on Thursday night. We've seen how that has affected teams uh, going on the road on Thursday night football. Uh, and then I think when you look at the Washington game, that, that Monday nighter a couple of weeks ago, you, you, they ran for 150 in that game. But it was just about three yards a carry. It took them 50 carries to get to 150. So uh, that became a, a topic of conversation relatively early on here in Philadelphia. You guys know the uh, uh, the landscape in terms of uh, sports media. So it was a very popular discussion point. But I think that common sense kind of prevailed early on in that week where it was like, yeah, like they ran for 150, but it was only, it was only three yards a carry. They held Brian Robinson to 3.1 yards a carry. There was no, there were, I think there was only one run over eight yards in that game. And it, and it happened on the 15th play of a 16 play drive. The bigger issue that night was the third down defense, not being able to get off the field. And so uh, last week uh, against the Green Bay Packers, Aaron Jones was able to bust off a couple of big ones. Uh, the Eagles did an outstanding job two weeks ago against Jonathan Taylor and the Colts. He ran for 49 yards on the opening drive and then didn't sniff 49 yards the rest of the game. And so I think wow. ultimately when you look at this run defense, uh, yeah, I'm not saying that it's the, the best in the league, but I think at the end of the day, uh, they have done a pretty good job against the run. And at the end, they're also a team that they're more focused on playing uh, to, to stop the pass, it prevent the explosive big play against them in the secondary in the pass game. They're willing to you know, see some run, rushing yards if that means being able to get off the field on third down. Interesting. And on that same note, you mentioned already that the Eagles signed Linval Joseph and Ndamukong Sue to kind of fill the void that Jordan Davis had left. And those guys played right away, like the week of signing, they were in the lineup. How would you say that they fit in so far? And how do you see their roles going forward if Davis does return to the lineup? Yeah, I think both guys will be rotational pieces and have been rotational pieces. Linval has played a little bit of a bigger role just because Jordan Davis has been out. And I think those guys are, you know, a for a, apple for apples comparisons in terms of the position and the role that they play. And Dominic Su, he's offering more as a, uh, a three technique or a four eye technique, depending on the front. Uh, he's more rotating in with Fletcher Cox as his backup on the left side is the left defensive tackle. And so I think when you look at it, it hasn't just been the loss of Jordan Davis, but Marlon Tui Pelotu got injured. Uh, the Eagles 
Eagles lost Derek Barnett to injury a few weeks back. And so that has resulted in some shifting around of roles and responsibilities. And so being able to get both of those guys in on rotational basis, that allows Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave to play a little bit less. I mentioned the loss of Davis, the loss of Tui Pelotu as well, who was being a, he was a rotational piece playing both nose tackle and defense and three technique in that scheme. So I think when you look at both guys, I think moving forward, it'll be about just giving everybody else a blow and really staying fresh across the board. It's a really deep defensive line, especially when you get Jordan Davis back healthy, but uh, being able to come at you on waves, that's the way this organization wants to build. Fran, momentarily switching back over to the offensive side of the ball. Um, Jalen Hurts has gone from fringe starting quarterback, I would say, entering the season to potential MVP candidate. I've seen a lot of people credit the offense, the way it's designed, you know, by head coach Nick Sirianni and offensive coordinator Shane Steichen. But in your and that may be your answer, but in your opinion, what has sort of been the main reasoning behind uh, Hertz's newfound success this year? Well, this is for for uh, first. I mean, at the end of the day, this was his uh, the first time since high school that he has been in the same offensive system for two straight years. So you think about that. Alabama, three straight different offensive coordinators. He goes to Oklahoma, so you have a new offensive system. He comes into the NFL with Doug Peterson. Then year two, it's Nick Sirianni and that staff. So this is the first time he's had continuity from a schematic standpoint. So that comfort level that has certainly helped. But even just studying Jalen Hurts, and I've studied him. Over the early on in his career at Alabama, he was leading teams to national championships and just watching that offense and all the receivers and the offensive linemen and the running backs. So always had an eye on Jalen Hurts. And there were certainly questions about him early on in his career at college, but every year he got better and better and better. And you mentioned, uh, I host the Journey to the Draft podcast. We're talking about these guys all, all season long, all summer long. And then we get to uh, the All-Star Game circuit and seeing him live down at the Senior Bowl, I thought, all right, like he was solid. He had a solid week down in Mobile. And I remember watching him at the Combine just three, four weeks later and saying on the podcast, wow, like Jalen Hurts threw better today than he did in person uh, in uh, in Mobile. And seeing him up, up close at both locations, I thought that really stood out to me. And all we've seen since he's come to the NFL, he just continues to get better and better and better every offseason. And so uh, that's a huge credit to him. I do think, yeah, the, the scheme, they do a great job of leaning into his strengths, what he does well, build, building confidence and comfort with what he's asked to do. The big question coming into the into the season, well, uh, you know, the people that were knocking, well, you know what? He doesn't really attack the middle of the field all that well. That's going to be a big question. He loves to throw to the perimeter. So what do the Eagles do? They go out and get one of the best middle of the field receivers in football in A.J. Brown. And you guys are very familiar with what he's been able to do in the middle of the field working with Ryan Tannehill over the course of his career right and so uh just leaning into what Jalen Hurts can do well uh one of the tops in RPOs and being able to leverage uh his movement ability and getting him outside the pocket using the design quarterback run game giving him freedom to to scramble and say yeah like we want you to be able to do this and uh create some of those big plays we saw that last Sunday night against Green Bay and so I think credit is deserved all around you got to give a lot of credit to the way that this organization has been built so that's Howie Roseman in the front office coaching staff for putting him in position to succeed and then Jalen as well for the improvements and the strides that he has made, not just last year to this year, but really going back to his days at Alabama, Oklahoma, and then through the pre-draft process. Yeah, I feel like Nick Sirianni is often overlooked when it comes to some of the best coaches in the league and guys who get a lot of love for helping players develop. Jalen Hurts certainly has developed into one of the better quarterbacks from a guy that, as Mello said, was a fringe starter or somebody that people had a lot of questions about, his ability to throw the ball. And those questions, he's mostly answered all of them. I'm going to go back to another injury now that the Eagles recently suffered. Uh, C.J. Gardner-Johnson was leading the NFL in interceptions with six, I think, on the season. Now has a lacerated kidney. So he has been replaced 
by a guy a lot of Titans fans are probably familiar with, Middle Tennessee State uh, safety Reed Blankenship. What have you seen from this rookie who had an interception against Aaron Rodgers and six tackles off the bench last week? How is he going to kind of try to make up for what C.J. Gardner-Johnson was giving this Eagles defense? Yeah, and I think when you look at C.J. Gardner-Johnson, he's done an outstanding job. I think there was a streak where he had an interception five straight games. It was just outrageous ball production in his first year of playing in this system. He arrived here uh, late in August and was just jumped right in and did an outstanding job. So uh, a big loss for this Eagles defense, but they've done a nice job of kind of picking up the pieces whenever they've lost anybody. So uh, I would expect that to continue. For Blankenship, what we've seen from him is honestly what all of you guys down there saw from him during his days uh, with Middle Tennessee State. He's He's instinctive. He's smart. He's tough. He's he understands. Look, there, there are certainly some limitations, right? But uh, this is a guy that understands angles and he's got great spatial awareness. And we talked about those route instincts as well that showed up on that interception of Aaron Rodgers uh, this, this past Sunday night. It was a great execution play from the Eagles defense. They disguised things really, really well. They showed man pre-snap, converted to zone, and he, Aaron Rodgers was fooled. He did not know exactly what the Eagles were doing from a coverage standpoint, and Blankenship was there to, to jump in front of the route for the tight end, Robert Tunyon. And he made some great tackles in that game as well. You did see some of the limitations show up late. Christian Watson had that 63-yard touchdown on the catch and run where he just ran away from Blankenship in space, Blankenship playing in the deep part of the field but ultimately this is a guy that uh, we kind of know like he can be a reliable contributor on the back end of a defense now he's just got to go out and prove it and uh, this is a guy I, th- I believe they they talked about him look at when he first got here he was you know low man on the totem ball he's an undrafted free agent not sure if he's going to make the team he made the guy made the roster as the 53rd man on the, on the very bottom and all he did was climb the depth chart he became that he was the fourth safety then he was the third safety in just recent weeks was starting to play a little bit more on defense and now he's going to be thrust into the starting lineup and a good opportunity for him here uh, against a, a team that he knows well at the titans right yeah, couldn't be happier for Reed Blankenship. I really liked him coming out of MTSU. I thought he was a certainly a draftable player and yep. got a $5,000 signing bonus in Philadelphia as, as, as a UDFA. I think he ranked 12th out of their 13 UDFAs in signing bonus. So talk mm. about a guy that's made the most right. of his opportunity and, and, and made the roster regardless of, of what they paid him up front. Uh, look, Fran, this has been terrific. We've really appreciated your time. In closing, we like to end with sort of game flow prediction, how you see this game going. Because you're such an X's and O guy as well, feel free to add in you know, how you think these teams will want to play this game, both from an offensive and defensive uh, point of view. And if you feel inclined, if you feel bold enough, uh, maybe you can throw in a final score prediction at the end. I love it. All right. So, uh, look, we know that Tennessee, their goal on both sides is to just grind you to dust, right? They want to they want to control the flow of the game. They want to slow the game down. I believe they're 31st in the NFL in yards per or yards per or, uh, average plays per game offensively. So they they want to slow it down uh, and make you play at their pace. Now. I'm interested to see are the, what are the Eagles going to do to combat that? Are they going to say, okay, we can, we can beat you at your game, or are they going to try and speed things up? I'm fascinated personally. The biggest matchup we want to watch, uh, obviously we know this, this run game for the Eagles, they just ran for 363 yards against Green Bay. Different animal, different beast going up against this Titans front and the way that they play against the run. One of the better run defenses in football. Now, I, that's going to be interesting, but – to me, it's about third down. And what the Green Bay Packers wanted to do on third down this past Sunday night, they wanted to play in sub package and play in man-to-man coverage and say, okay, we're going to put more speed on the field and try and deal with Jalen Hurts that way. We'll play robber coverage. We'll play a spy. We'll do different things to try and match his athleticism and make sure he doesn't beat us. But 
that did not go well for the Green Bay Packers as Jalen ran for 100 yards in the first quarter of that game. And so I, I, I'm very interested to see, okay, what is Tennessee going to do? Because you guys know that that is their identity on third down. They're going to play a lot of zone coverage early, and then they get to third down, and it's dime defense, six DBs on the field. We're going to play man, and we're going to really try and mess with you from a schematic standpoint. Well, if that's the case, do they go into this saying, you know what? we're not going to make the same mistake Green Bay did, and we're going to change things up a little bit, play a little bit looser. And Yeah, we're going to play man sometimes, but change things up and try and keep them guessing. Or are they going to come in and say, hey, the Green Bay Packers may have done that and lost. We're better than the Packers, and we're going to out-execute them, and we're going to go out and win this game. My guess is that it'll be the latter, right? It'll be That's the mindset that they will have going into this. Is say, we're going to do what we do, and we're going to go and win this game. Uh, I'm fascinated to see exactly, and it'll come down to some high-leverage moments, as, as the games typically do, and that's the way Tennessee wants to play. They're not trying to get into a shootout uh, with the Eagles. They want this to be 16-13. to 13. What I worry about, though, is that uh, you, you have A.J. Brown. If I, What I worry about from Tennessee's standpoint, you've got A.J. Brown. You know about his size and physicality, his ability to create uh, against smaller DBs. And uh, the, the Tennessee Titans certainly lack that size in the perimeter. I know Fulton was banged up last week. I would assume that he'll be a full go uh, here for Sunday afternoon. That's a matchup I will certainly be excited to watch. I was a big fan of Roger McCreary coming out, and I think that some of the flashes that he has shown this year really kind of speak to why. His toughness, his instincts, uh, his ability to play both man and zone, really mesh well with that scheme and that versatility required. But um, ultimately, I do think the Eagles win this football game. I do like their ability to uh, be able to put some points on the on the board. I know Tennessee, they've only given up, what, more than 20 points to twice all season and not since week three. Uh, I do think the Eagles are going to score 20 points in this game. I think they've got that ability uh, to go down and put a couple touchdowns on the board. And so ultimately, I do think the Eagles win this football game. I don't think it's going to be easy. I don't think Eagles fans are always going to feel comfortable. Um, but let's say uh, a 27 to 17 win here for the Eagles. Nice. All right. Well, Titans fans won't love that, but coming off the loss to the Bengals, I think people will understand looking at how dominant Philadelphia has been this entire season. Fran, we really appreciate your time. Thanks so much for joining us and maybe we'll see you again on the show sometime. Sounds like a plan, guys. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks again to Fran Duffy. Remember, you can follow him on Twitter at EaglesXOS and you should follow him because his video breakdowns are truly some of the best out there. Let's get into now our worst matchup of the week before we share our own thoughts on this game. And this is presented by the Pharmacy Burger Parlor and Beer Garden in Nashville. The best burgers, the best brats, the best worsts with a U German sausage that you will find in Nashville. And they present to us now our worst matchup of the week. Why don't you get us started? What is your worst matchup of the week for the Titans? Yeah, for me, I'm going to go with a general position groups here. I'm going to go Philadelphia's defensive line against Tennessee's offensive line. I'm really curious to see how the Titans handle this test, especially after such a poor performance against the Bengals, right? We spent a lot of time recapping that game, talking about how uncharacteristic it was of the offensive line to sort of lose the physical battle, to lose the battle in the trenches really in general against Cincinnati. Well, there's no rest for the wicked, I think is the old saying. They're drawing one of the best defensive lines in the NFL, in my opinion here, in the Philadelphia Eagles. Such a deep group. You talk about a guy like Josh Sweat screaming off the edge, but I look at the interior. Javon Hargrave is one of the better pass-rushing interior defensive linemen. Fletcher Cox still has enough juice to get after passers. Uh, as our guest Fran Duffy said, they've added Linval Joseph and Ndamukong Sue in recent weeks. So this is a really, really deep group. You've got Jordan Davis, who may or may not play. Um, either way, with or without him, this is such a good, talented group. And really, it's a it's a big opportunity for the Titans to go out and prove 
that last week against Cincinnati was a fluke. They are this, you know, physical, tough offensive line that can dominate in the trenches and win those battles up front. Uh, one positive is it looks like they're going to have Ben Jones back, right? Ben Jones was a full participant in Tuesday's practice. Well, um, he nearly cleared concussion protocol last week, so it's it's very safe to assume, uh, barring an unforeseen setback, they're going to have Ben Jones back at center. They need him against this team. Um, that's my worst matchup of the week in general. I'm looking at this D-line versus the Titans O-line. Yeah, absolutely. And the, the Eagles probably have the, the best combination of offensive and defensive lines of any team in the league it's one of the reasons for their success and you said it the depth there is insane they can rotate guys in and out to have fresh bodies so i like the titans chances normally to bounce back after struggling in a, in a game like they did last week to kind of just take it upon themselves have some pride and say we are better than this but this is such a tough matchup that i agree it is one of the worst mine is going to be on the other side of the ball the Titans defense, particularly middle linebackers, and I expect David Long will be the guy that they choose to spy Jalen Hurts because when you have a quarterback as mobile and effective with his legs as Jalen Hurts is running the ball, you got to put a spy on the field at least on third downs, especially on third and longs because we've seen him turn a third and nine under pressure into a 25-yard or more run so many times this season and in his career. So I think that that's a terrible matchup for the Titans because they don't really have – any super athletic freaks in that linebacking core or on the back end of their defense to be a spy. And I think David Long is a physical guy. He is in, He's instinctive. He gets downhill quickly, and he has a chance to affect Jalen Hurts when he does try to take off and run. But Hurts is the kind of guy who can put a little move on you in the open field, shake and bake, and, and pick up a ton of yards with his legs. So I think the Titans trying to prevent Jalen Hurts from being a runner that's the worst matchup of the week. If you can take that away from him, though, it it really turns their offense into more of a one-dimensional type of unit. And Hurts, for all of his improvement, still isn't the most decisive or accurate passer in the game. I think if you can do whatever you can to stifle his running ability, you make it a lot easier on your defense. But I don't know how easy that's going to be. And so that, to me, is the worst matchup of the week going into this game for the Titans. Yeah, I think that's a great one as well. We saw the way, you know, a Kansas City Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes was able to pick up some chunk yardage with his legs right. against the Titans a few weeks ago in crucial moments in that game, particularly, I believe, in the fourth quarter and in overtime a little bit. So uh, certainly this is the most athletic quarterback you've played this year. He's probably the second most athletic quarterback in the league, right, from a rushing perspective, maybe outside of Lamar Jackson. And I know, jo you know, they've played Josh Allen this year as well. I think Hurts is a bit more dynamic, a bit speedier than Allen is. So uh, that's certainly a good one. You know, I'm going to pat us both on the back, right? I thought that was two really good worst matchup of the weeks. And with all these worst matchups of the week, doesn't it give you a little bit of concern that this Titans team is about to drop another game and, and go on a two game losing streak the way they started this season? Because I love the way the Titans match up against the Eagles when it comes to picking a superpower team in the NFL to play against the Titans as our guest said, really good at stopping the run. The Eagles offense starts with the run game. It's not like going against Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen where you're worried they're going to pick you apart. But man, this Eagles team is good. What has to go right for the Titans to get a win on Sunday? Yeah, I think uh, I think our, our guest Fran Duffy said it best. I think the Titans sort of need to control this game. They need to control the game flow, the overall script of the game. They need to play their game and make Philadelphia play a style that maybe they don't want to play. I, I think Philly, that's one of their biggest strengths, and I think it's underrated. I think they can play multiple different styles. If you want to 
get into a shootout with them. They can beat you 40-33, right? Like they beat the Packers last week. Or if you want this to be a hard, tough-nosed physical game, they can run the football, right? Not many teams are better at running the ball in the league than they are. Uh, of course, Jalen Hurts helps a ton with that. They led the league in rushing last year, right, on a per-game basis. I think it was about 162 yards per game or something. And they're fairly close to that number this year again. So, uh, But I, I still think the Titans probably need to make it that kind of game, right? A Derrick Henry game keep the Eagles offense on the sideline, take the crowd out of it. We know what, what, what sort what a ruckus fan base they have. So um, you got to run Derrick Henry, control the ball, control the uh, time of possession. And, and like Fran said, try to make this a 16, 13 type of game. Right. Limit the possessions because Philadelphia will take advantage of every opportunity to go try and score the ball. I don't want to say that I, like, I'm going to say what I'm about to say. And it's going to sound like the Titans don't have much of a chance. They almost need some fluky stuff to happen. They need Hurts to drop a snap or an interception that gets tipped into a Titans defender's hands. Like They need things that change the game that you don't get on a weekly basis because they're. I think they're just a little overmatched talent-wise, especially when you look at what the Eagles have done on offense this year compared to what the Titans have done. The Titans have gone over 30 points zero times this year. The Eagles have done that three times, and they continue to score in the high 20s even when they're not going over 30. And like you said, they don't have to get into a 30-point type of game to win. They can beat you uh, with a lot less points, just like they did to the Colts 17-16 a couple weeks ago. This is a team that is just so complete that, yeah, like I said, you almost need fluky stuff to happen. You need somebody to get around the edge and knock the ball out of Jalen Hurts' hands. You need a running back to have a bad play, Miles Sanders or somebody, and fumble the ball. You need a, a pass to get tipped up in the air for the Titans to pick off. And on the offensive side of the ball, if the Eagles try to replicate what has been successful for recent opponents of the Titans in terms of stopping Derrick Henry in the run game, loading up the line of scrimmage with five or six defensive linemen, you got to take advantage of that by throwing it over their heads. You got to hit those intermediate shots, make Traylon Burks uh, a featured member of this passing attack and and lean into what's working and go away from what's not working. If the Eagles come out with these big fronts, just to give up trying to run directly at them and figure out other ways to move the ball on offense and try to pass the Eagles into changing their rundown formations so that the Titans can get it open up, opened up for Henry to find some running lanes. I think that's the best way to try to beat this Eagles team. And I don't know, it's going to be really tough. Do you have a score prediction for this game? Before I get into the score prediction, I want to add something you said about, you know, you need a fluky play to go their way. I know that sounds bad, um, but not only do I think you're right, right, I also think the Titans are are very good at creating those types of plays, right? Maybe it's not always a fluke. Like I think to that Chiefs game where we might have said a similar thing before that game, right? Especially knowing Malik Willis was going to start at quarterback. And then you saw that interception or whatever it was that what Travis Kelsey tipped the ball into the air. And I think it was Roger McCreary that came down with it. Like the Titans are very opportune at creating such moments in a game, right? Such instances. So although you say that, and it might sound like a fluke, um, the Titans are capable of having those bounces go their way, right? They're coached well. They're, they're, they're a ta very talented defense. They're opportunistic. So those things can happen, right? If the Titans play um, the game that they're capable of playing. Yeah, I guess so. And, and that's what it's going to take. So hopefully they can pull that off. I'll go for a score prediction. I think the Eagles take this one, and as much as I want to believe in this Titans' ability to pull off the upset, I'm actually going to lock the Titans on Around the NFL on Thursday's Around the NFL podcast because I've I haven't picked the Titans as my lock outside of one game this year, and that was against that was a second matchup with the Colts. And I get 
flack for it every week. Graver, why aren't you locking up the Titans? You're a Titans fan. And I, I locked up a few weeks ago the Vikings against the Cowboys, and they lost 40-3. to And the guys gave me a ton of shit for that one. Almost told me that I was banned from the law competition because I was so wrong. And what ultimately ended up happening is that they decided to give me one and a half losses for that awful pick. They said earlier in the week, if I lock up the Titans against an opponent like the Eagles and the Titans win, they'll give me one and a half wins to offset the one and a half losses that I had to take for the stupid Vikings lock. So I will be locking up the Titans. So obviously I think that there is a world where they can win or I wouldn't be doing that. But if I have to predict it, you know, you run this game 100 simulations or whatever, how many times do the Titans win? 25 if they're lucky, probably. So I'm going to say the Eagles win 23-17. I got to see more from this Titans offense before I project them to go over 20 points because they've done it so few times this year. That's where I'm at. 23-17, close game. Lots of things go the Titans' way, but the Eagles pull it out in the end. What do you say? Yeah, I'm going to go with something fairly similar. I, I agree that the Titans are just a little too overmatched in this one. Um, the, you know, Eagles are 10-1 and one for a reason. Favorites to potentially, you know, represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. I like the... Uh, before I get into the scores, it's going to be very similar to yours. You talked about the Titans dropping two straight if they lose this one. It would suck for a few reasons. Obviously, it sucks to lose two in a row no matter what. But it would bring them to 7-5, and five, right? And in all honesty... I think the rest of the universe would sort of be like, yeah, that's where the Titans belong, right? Like we were all giving them a lot of love when they were seven and three and enjoying the ability to kind of shove that down the deniers throats, right? Titans are a lot better than you think they are, but at seven and five, you know, especially playing in the AFC South, I think they would feel a lot more ordinary, right? If, if you know what I mean, and it's sort of, you know, they won five in a row at one point or five out of six. And now things are sort of bouncing itself out and here they are at seven and five. So uh, but I do think that is what's going to happen. Uh, I think they lose this game. I've got the Eagles 24-16. Yeah, and you know, going forward after this week, things lighten up at least a little bit. You go uh, go back home and, and take on Jacksonville. Then you travel to Los Angeles to take on the Chargers. I will be in the stadium for that game at SoFi. Chargers, a good team that have lost a lot of games because I don't know how they're a talented team, but I don't know if they're a good team. And then you get the Texans after that. So you have three winnable games on the schedule after this Eagles game, and you close the year with Cowboys and Jaguars, which will both be tough games. The Jaguars are turning a corner, it feels like, and the Cowboys have one of the best, also one of the best teams in the entire league, one of the NFC contenders. If the Titans can knock off the Eagles, though, it's going to really open the door for the Cowboys to get that one seed that the Eagles currently hold a claim to. But anyway, that's what we got for this game. We're both predicting doom and gloom for the Titans. And, you know, we both predicted a win last week. We were wrong. Sometimes, whenever we're feeling one way, the NFL has, has, a, has a good way of just kind of spinning you around and saying, nope, you were wrong. And hopefully that that is the case this week, because otherwise it's going to be a long Sunday for Titans fans. All right. So that will do it for this episode of the Music City Audible podcast. Thank you all for tuning in. Make sure to stop by the pharmacy, burger parlor and beer garden in East Nashville and tell them the Music City Audible sent you. And while you're at it, head on over to www.broadwaysportsmedia.com and sign up to become a Broadway insider. Yeah, become a Broadway insider today. It's $6.99 a month. 
You could use the code INSIDER to get your first month for just 99 cents or use the code ANNUAL uh, for a total of $49.99 for your first year. Lots of great uh, benefits to becoming a Broadway Insider. We've got the Mike Herndon Show uh, behind the paywall. That's a weekly video show going out every week with your favorite Mike Miracles, Mike Herndon. That's obviously a big perk to becoming a Broadway Insider. You get early access to some of the podcasts, uh, a lot of written content behind that paywall. Whether that written content comes from me, it comes from Zach at F Words Pod, uh, it's coming from Easton. There's a lot of content coming your way if you're a Broadway insider. Become an insider today, you won't regret it. And also be sure to check out all the podcasts and other content Broadway Sports Media has to offer. Follow Justin on Twitter at Justin M underscore NFL. Follow me at Titans Film Room. We'll be back next week to recap this Eagles game and then a little bit later next week to preview the Jacksonville Jaguars back on our twice a week schedule after that weird Thursday night game. And then things will go crazy again because in a few weeks, the Titans play the Cowboys on Thursday night football and we'll have to shift things around again. But at least we've done it once and we know what's happening. So anyway, we'll be back next week. Until then, you guys stay safe out there and tighten up. A Broadway Sports Media Production.